Hello friends and welcome back once again to Goonies World where I as always am Ryan or Meanie or whatever or Meanie also known as Ryan and joining me I don't know why I fucked this up every time <laughs> every time this time I'm leaving it in yeah let's leave it in yeah yeah Leave it in, it's fine. Uh, and joining me, as always, are Goonie, also known as Colin. Hey there. And Sean, also known as Johnny Pharaoh. Hello, thank you. And I believe we are going back to the Ice Age tonight, aren't we, fellas? Once more into the, uh, the cold. breach. Yeah, cold. once more into the breach. And uh, yes, this will be our third installment of GURPS Ice Age. And... We might as well get right back to it. I won't do much recapping. Folks can just listen to the last two episodes. But you guys uh, had just met the Flatface people. They saved you from Sabretooth, who had treed you uh, some forested hills. And you met these Flatface people who were very, very talkative and uh, kept grimacing at you because you're not used to smiles and things like that. So it seemed to you they were grimacing at you. And they were very annoying. They made a lot of sounds. But they were friendly to you. They touched you and made fun of you and laughed at you a lot. Touched your eyebrow ridges and your receding foreheads and chins and pointed at you. They're all a little bit taller than you. But you met one of them who could actually speak your language. His name was Habanashad. He, he didn't speak your language fluently, obviously. But you learned, you gathered that he had broken his leg once and he wintered with... Uh, some of the real people, as you call yourselves. And uh, he told you that you were coming with them, that, that his, uh, their shaman, you gather their shaman, they call him the Plungar, that they had sent him to find real people. That's why they were here. Why they need real people like you, you don't know. But uh, they, they took you with them. They were friendly. In fact, I think they uh, showed you how to use their spear thrower. At least they showed Gagalk how to use their spear thrower, which they have and you don't. And their spears are better than yours, too. And uh, a lot of them, in fact, are decorated, which you guys wouldn't think to do with your spears. But you were it's nighttime when they rescued you from the Sabertooths, and they just take off running with you guys across uh, the plains. They run down out of the hills in the night. You remember a lot of them were carrying torches, so from a distance, it might even look like you know a little fire snake running through the plains. But they know all all animals fear fire, and they're moving at night and they're carrying them. It's a rather exhilarating experience, rushing through the tall grasses out of the hill country onto more plains, and running through the night. You don't run all the way through the night, but it's a good few hours. You, as the, the men you are. You have a very high endurance, and you can run for hours, and apparently so can these these uh, flat-faced people. They're all covered in uh, red and black paint. Uh, some of the patterns are stripes, some of them are circular, but their whole bodies are covered with this stuff. Their faces and every inch of them that you can see. And their hair is all also matted with mud and pulled down into like a dreadlock style almost. But they seem nice enough, and they've been nice to you, especially Habanashad, who's the only one you can communicate with. And you go charging across the country through the night for a few hours, and you've had a long day, too. And as hardy as you are, please make health rolls to avoid any fatigue as you run with them through the night by torchlight. I didn't make mine. I actually was uh, a bit hurt from last time, and... uh... They're going to need to fix me up if they can. 
Well, they'll they'll do their best. And how about uh, how about Gagalk? Does he hold up over the run? Gagalk does. Uh, he succeeds with a seven. Oh, that's nice. He succeeds handily. Anyway, after running for a while, you come to an area of where you can see there's a big bonfire in the distance and people around it. It's not a permanent home. You don't get that feeling because it is out on the plains, but it's a spot where there's a few trees and a little watering hole. And there's a there's the signs of they've been rendering mammoths. They've been on some kind of mammoth hunt. They're done with it, but you can see skins are stretching to dry and meats hanging uh, in the smoke in the last stages of drying it and they all seem ready to move on because a lot of things are packed up already like they're ready to move and the only thing that they're waiting for was you because once again just like when you met these first real people when you rush into this this camp there's a whole flood of the rest of them come running up to you <laughs> touching your eyebrow ridges and pointing at your bowed legs it, you know, they're making fun of you, but it's, uh, it seems good-natured, <laughs> and there's more of that, but they, uh, very quickly usher you around the campfire, and you hear the name Plungar a lot, Plungar, and they're jumping up and down as if the Plungar will be happy. Uh, comes up to you, you, uh, real people, uh, go see Plungar. Many days, many days, and he's, he's waving off to the south. Which is where you've heard that the you know the flat face flat face people come from. Uh, you come many days, nah, but and you can see that the while he's talking to you around the campfire, everybody else is preparing. They're getting ready for things. The men are scooting things out of the way as if they're, they're going to move around or how to dance or something. And you can the women are crouched over a pot, and they keep looking over you guys and laughing and putting things into the pot. It's boiling. And their pot, you guys use a lot of skin pots. You put a little bit of water in it so they don't catch fire, you know, and they don't last forever, but that's how you boil water. These guys have got, it looks like they've got pots made out of the earth itself, but they're very, very hard. They've figured out pottery, you know, you guys haven't yet. But they've got this big pot, and they're obviously cooking up some kind of witch's brew. They look mischievous, too, and they look over at you. But everybody seems excited. Why, says Habanashad, you... Gagalk to here. Me think, me not say secret. Well, you see. Me not, me not say about Sky Metal and <laughs> me, our mission <laughs> to get Sky Metal. I'm afraid uh, Doof has just revealed the nature of our quest. It is indeed uh, to seek the metal that has fallen from the sky. Hmm. Habana shot sea. Falling star. Um, uh, um, um, um. Plungar say sky people. Send. Plungar talk to sky people. And where mm-hmm. is Plungar? Many days, many days. He keeps waving off to the south. Um, uh, sky metal, um, break, fall. Many peace, many peace. Bad people live land where 
where Sky Metal fall. Very bad people. And who are these bad people? Do they have a name? Mm, giants. Giant people. <laughs> giants. But you you talk to Plungar. Um, um, come with. Come with flat-faced people. Yes, we, we will join you. Um, can I ask? Um, what's his name again? I keep, it's like three syllables. But like, it's Habanashad. Habanashad, yes. Uh, might I ask, Habanashad, is this some sort of temporary hunting camp? Yes, 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 yes. Um, this uh, group, this group, Habanashad, and he points to several others. Join join hunters, find real people. Hunters, find woolly mammoth. So, Plungar sent you to find real people and a mammoth? No, hunter, find mammoth. Hunter of real people, travel with hunter for big group. I safe. see. Yes, that would be safe. safe side, way. we were like on a side mission, he says. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm gonna drop this. I I I I mean, I'll speak your language the whole time. I was just. No. <laughs> yeah, you get the sense he was on a sky quest. They were traveling with the hunting party for safety in numbers because they were north anywhere. Maybe even that they joined up with them, but they came to find you. The Plungar wanted to find real people, and that yeah, the sky metal seems to be as he seems to be saying. It's scattered across the country, where there's some bad people, giant people, according to him. But uh, you'll probably learn more later because right now you see there's a big uh, drum coming out. And your people have drums too. But it's uh, they've actually put it together here. It's part of the preparations they're making. And they put it's almost like a temporary thing. And they've got uh, great big hoops of sinew. Uh, they've got hoops of, of bone actually pulled and stretched and uh, to create the base of it and uh, hide pulled across it. And they begin beating it. And the ladies bring over this pot that's been boiling. And everybody gathers around in anticipation. But Habanashad speaks a few words to them. And they all laugh. <laughs> Clapping their hands and jumping up and down. And he goes, you drink tea. Make one of us. Me not thirsty, me hungry. Mm-hmm. You not be hungry, you drink tea. Mm. What flavor? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know this word. And all of a sudden, all of them around you go, Kakapoopily, 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 Kakapoopily. Maybe they say, drink it, drink it, drink it, drink it. And, uh, we all we all drink with you. You will Kakaboogly! Kakaboogly yes, drink. Yes. <laughs> Would you guys like to drink it? Um I mean they seem hospitable enough. I, I don't think Gagok would have any hesitation. Mm, doofle chug. Okay. No 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 he says Kakaboogly Well you you drink too much. Yeah, you, you take a good chug, like three or four big swallows, where really you see the rest of them, they're taking sips. Now, I don't know about Gagal. He might have been a little more careful. 
Yeah, Gagok will follow like the example of the real people. Yeah, the real flat face people. The flat face people who they think of themselves, of course, as the real people. Of course. That's what everyone calls themselves. They're the real people. And, uh, but the flat the flat faced people do begin to sip. They're all dipping a ladle down into it again. It's like a clay ladle, hard and fired clay. Um, and everyone take partakes. Now, wait, first soul, speak to you, says Habanashad. Uh, but in the meantime, all the women have come up and they're beginning to take all your skins off. Take things off your body, lay your, laying your equipment. If you let them. All our skins off? No, Even not, not your skin? actual skin. No. Yeah, <laughs> skins that you're wearing. And you see uh, two other ladies are bringing up bowls of pigment. You get the feeling they're going to paint you to uh, to look like them. And uh, yes, and the, old, the oldest lady there, she's still young enough to get out and run. But she goes, I'm going to do it in my penisi, and I'm going to walk it to teach you one my tissue for my tippy, papa, lama, hama, tippy. And goes on for a while as if this is semi ceremonial. And Habanashad just keeps nodding reassuringly at you. And they do. They paint your whole bodies like them. But just as you get to the end of it, you start feeling very relaxed. And there's a lot of smiles going around the uh, the camp as these people look at each other. And then you feel a little bit numb. By this time, the, the drum is beating in a very slow, rhythmic way. And some of the people have begun to dance, but they're more just like shuffling. You know, kind of like Jim Morrison-style Indian dance, kind of two feet, two feet. And they're not really getting frenetic and crazy about it. But you feel really nice. Whatever's in it, you know, this tea must be very special. And then suddenly, Doof, make a health roll, because you, you took a lot of this stuff, Doof. No. No, well... You have a slightly different experience. You look over at uh, Gagalk, who is smiling beside himself. You know, beside whatever. <laughs> you can't not smile right now. You've got a permagrin plastered to your face, and your heart's beginning to beat a little faster, but you also feel very relaxed. But you, Doof, you just see, like, boom, boom, flashes of light before your eyes, and you have this rushing feeling, as if you're rushing backwards. You can't even stand up. You fall backwards. And they all, <laughs> they come, and one of the ladies like puts your head in her lap, and one of them mimics another person mimics you gulping it, and they're all laughing and shaking their heads, and uh, you can't, you keep feeling like you're spinning backwards over and over. You don't really get nauseated or anything, but meanwhile, some people uh, take your hand, Gagalk, and lead you out to dance with them if you wish to. Or any of them ladies? Well, there's quite a few ladies here, but keep in mind they look rather ugly to you with their weird-looking faces and and uh, foreheads that just go straight up and the weird knobby chins. Yeah, but I mean, you know, <clears throat> Gek, uh, we seem to be uh, uh, seem to have been administered some kind of uh, yeah. drug. It's tea goggles on. Right. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. That's true. And of course, everybody looks the same when they're painted all striped, uh, striped red and black. 
Yes, but there are numerous ladies, and they're joining this festival with the men. All you though you notice that the women were the only ones who seemed to know how to make this stuff. And they, they do, actually, not every single one of them is involved. There's some glum-looking individuals out of the edge of the firelight who apparently have to stand guard keep an eye out. But everybody else is uh, getting into this and dancing. And you feel great. I mean, I can't even begin to describe it. You realize, Gagal, you feel these flat-faced people, they're, they're great people. They're just great people. Yeah, and I... I really, I, I think I love them. Oh, I, they... I love you, man. <laughs> oh, this. Habanashad love you. All people love you. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I love you, Habanashad. And, uh, man, you know, I used to think you that, you know, like, when we first met, like, I thought your, your, your women were, were ugly, but, oh, you know. Oh, no. No, 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 I'm starting to see the beauty underneath, man. We see, we see, and he's like his arm around you now, you know, and you're like talking the way guys will in a bar or whatever. You know, we see real people before. Yes, you not first. Secret, Plungar show, show you, Plungar show you secret. Doof in trouble, he says. Meanwhile, <laughs> Doof, you are keep spinning backwards and backwards and backwards and backwards and backwards like you're flipping up and down, running through space. You know, eventually the the women around you just fade into the background. And I don't know how to explain exactly what happens to you other than you have this feeling of rushing backwards through time and you know, like deeper into your mind and you start remembering your whole life and then you start remembering things before that. Faster, faster, faster. You remember running and you remember climbing in a tree and you remember swimming and all these memories of your ancestors just flood into your mind all the way back to the dawn of time, the very birth of life itself until ultimately, Duke, you experience the simple, satisfying soul of a single-celled organism in a warm, primeval sea. And then there's more flashes of light and flashes of light and you sit up suddenly and vomit all over yourself. And you see people laughing around you. Now, it's been two hours, by the way, gag out. And in the meantime, all of the people have now, they're on out, they're now sitting down, kind of rolling around. Some of them are like laying their heads on each other's laps and things like that. Some of them are coupling in the darkness. I'll assume you've already done that if you had any opportunity at all, which which you. I assume you're talking to Gagog. Yeah, and you know what, Gagog? I I think this is Gerbs. Reaction rolls are a thing in Gerbs. I mean, you are a different. You know, let's see if you can successfully. Uh, So, go ahead and roll a three six, but please, uh, you know, give yourself a plus four due to the euphoric nature of the uh, the drug. The higher you roll here, the better they'll react. Ooh. Um, well, that's an eight. It's not great. Well, plus four, so twelve. That that is enough. That is enough, given the uh, given the euphoric nature of your experience. But now things have calmed down, and you all end up having the same experience, similar to what Doof experienced, but much more slowly and not as 
not in such a visceral fashion. And when Doof pops up and vomits, everybody laughs at first. But Doof, you feel you feel like you've been struck by lightning. You feel different. You you all these uh, this wisdom of all the everything that's ever gone into you. You feel almost like a like a changed man. Me Doof, me me Doof, me we we Doof, we all Doof. I am the Doof. <laughs> I am Doof, says Vanishad. Bunch of people are... I see things now. I have seen... I have seen the, the past. And I see the future. And I... I see... I see the heavens. All is... Is seen now. I, I am... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, man. I love you. I love you too, brother. Now you one of us. You see first soul. Yeah. Yes, I have seen it. But I I see your lunch, and I think you should clean up, Doof. Yes, me... I... I will uh, clean myself up. Now that I see things, I see there's so many different rocks to eat as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you can't, you you don't ever get to sleep that night, Doof. Not because of the this tea, but because of the, uh, you know, these insights you're having all of a sudden. You know, your mind has just expanded. You just seem to have come out of this trip with, with somewhat more wisdom, but. The next morning, when both of you wake up, both of you make health rolls. Uh, Doof with a minus four. Well, I'm never going to make that. Ooh, and I fail as well. Okay. No. I believe there is some sort of light hangover advantage in one of the curse books, but neither of you have it. Well, you're fatigued. You're fatigued. You have a point of fatigue. It's probably not going to affect you much, but it's it's hard to make it through the next day. And it's hard to make it through the next few days. Because unless you leave them, they take you with them and run every day for most of the day. Now, at night, over the next few nights, uh, Doof, your your minor injuries are, are, are patched up by this, what they think of as an old woman. Again, she's probably 27 or something. <laughs> but, <clears throat> so you're at full health by the time you finally reach the home of the flat-faced people but as i say you travel many days more than you can count on your fingers and your toes and during that time um i don't know how much i mean i'm assuming it's going to be like mostly running sort of during the day and then camping that's right they certainly they certainly don't do that ritual every night well at the uh, over the course of these days um you know when we're camping and you know gathered around the fire and eating and doing that sort of stuff um i would like to uh spend some time over the journey talking to uh the dude whose name i never can remember habana shot habana shot and uh uh trying to get him to sort of teach me their language a little bit well i'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring up that you guys 
have got some character points. And since we're sitting here live on a podcast, we're not going to go through you looking up, you know, all that. But you guys earn enough character points to learn their language at your intelligence. You're still not going to be fluent at all, you know, but you'll be getting there. And also, you have the opportunity to learn the spear throwing skill at your decks. As an oversimplification of GURPS advancement, but for these, for our purposes, I think it's reasonable to assume you would pick up a passing familiarity with their language, especially because you're with them for more nights than you can count on your fingers and your toes. This is more than 20. Once you get past that, you guys are like, um, a lot. But uh, these guys have little sticks that they use that they make little marks on. It's a pretty neat idea. They can like extend their counting ability by making little marks on sticks. It's one of the little things you notice. And uh, you've heard that you know the grandfather and everyone back home, especially Nolar, they hate the uh, you know Nolar, the jerk uh, hunter from your clan. They hate the flat-faced people. They said they're they. One thing the grandfather did says they think they're so smart, and uh, but they do seem to be. And so you guys learn the spear throwing skill, and you learn enough that you can talk to them now more than just Havanashad. And finally, though, after all those days, I will point out that um, these lands get warmer and warmer as you're going. They're just rippling with little brooks and small rivers, and this uh, little forest still look quite luscious, by the way. It was fall earlier, you know, and you it still is, and so there's plenty of fruits in the trees. These fields with corns and grasses are ripe. It's a very rich land. It's much better than your land. And it's teeming with game. Every single night, you guys eat fresh meat. There are hunters who go out. You probably went out with them several times, how you learn that spear-throwing ability. But uh, many, many days pass. And finally, when you reach their, uh, their village, you can see that they made their own caves out of wood, and they put them on poles out on this lake. And they have built little walkways out to their their houses, as they call them, out on the lake. It's this lake's kind of hidden in a little cluster of hills. And it's evening when you're arriving. There's fires blazing. There's a great feast being prepared. Uh, more people run out, and you have to go through the uh, ritual again of being laughed at and touched. But everybody's very happy to see you. And they're all talking about the Plungar, the Plungar, and you're rushed through their village out onto the the, the wood, which is not not like anything you've seen. You know, they've made these uh, what would you call those? Like pole houses? There's a name for those things, but you know what I'm talking. About. Mm, yeah, just like on stilts. Yeah, like on stilts out in the water for protection. But it, it was dark. You didn't quite realize this, but there's a little bit of an island out in the lake. And they've used that to kind of start from. And they rush you out to it where there's a low, round hut. And Habanashag with Plungar within. Go see him. Okay, I think we shall speak to this Plungar. Yes, and uh, go into the dark interior. And you see a heavy set man, you don't see a lot of heavy set people. But you see a heavy set man, he's all painted up just like they are. Greetings, real people, he says. I am the Pungar. 
The sky people told me to find you. <laughs> you sound funny and look funny too. Your visage is also very strange to me. And yet I have seen your visages before. I was traveling looking for big medicine in the North Country not long ago. And I found something that belongs to the real people. And the sky people have told me I must give it back. And he reaches behind him and he holds out this bundle and you realize as the bundle squirms that it's a little baby and which one of you wants to reach for the baby as uh, the Plungar hands it to you I suppose Gagok will yeah and the baby kind of whines a little bit, doesn't really cry as he hands the baby to you, and you look down at the baby, and you can <clears throat> remove the skins he's swaddled in, and you can see it's a baby like you. It's a baby of the real people. The sky people have told me this baby must grow up with his own kind. It's a daikini baby. <laughs> <laughs> you must save this baby from Queen Bavmorta. Anyway, but, yes, like Willow, you now have a baby. But, Plungar, where did you find this child? In the north, not many days. Perhaps this child is not of your clan, but it is of someone's clan. I do not know these things. I could, of course, take you to the place but it would be a wasted trip. I have already collected the big medicine that is in the pine country. So you don't think, you know, and you know there are other clans of real people, you know, out there in the world that live in the north, but he seems to have just found one of them. Uh, does the baby, how old approximately would baby I think? 10 months old, not quite a year. So okay. it could get up and squirm around quite a bit if you let it. Old enough to have hair, does it? Yes, yes, yes. What color is it? Well, it's not red. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Habanathod tells me that you have come south seeking the sky metal. Yes, we were sent on a mission from our grandfather to find this sky metal because it is special somehow. I see the sky metal that you wear around your neck, Gagok. Yes, it was given to me by grandfather. It is good metal. This clan may not use it. There is a taboo. The sky people have told me that we must not use the metal for it's dangerous for us. But there is no taboo for the real people to use this metal. But I must tell you, the metal is scattered across the country beyond the southern hills. And there is a bad folk, a race of giants, who inhabit that country. So you must be very careful. I will give you medicine bags to take with you when you are ready to leave. 
And we will watch this child for you longer, should you get it. But must, one of you must come back, or the quest to retrieve the real people will be in vain. It is not far. Merely one or two days' march to the south, you will find the land of the giants. And it is my belief that you will find the sky metal strewn across the landscape. The landscape, for I myself saw the falling star break apart in the sky. Very well then, so you will keep the child while we quest for the sky metal then. Yes, I do not want the child to get smashed by the giants. And you must escape with your lives first and foremost, for no sky metal is as precious as this, he says, gesturing to the baby. Me. Uh, me have to stop talking like this. Me, no more words now. <laughs> I was going to say, I, looking at that child, I am getting hungry. <laughs> that is why but, I took the baby. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm trying to remember the taboos. Yes, it is. It is said. I was told that. You have partaken of a very large portion of the Detura tea. This sometimes creates an effect whereby a man's personality will change and he will gain great wisdom. It could also, of course, kill a man. Well, they could have led with that. <laughs> so, I will watch this little one. And this little one has no name. And it's very dangerous for the child to be without a name. But only the only a plungar of the real people can name it. And you guys do. You have naming ceremonies. The grandfather always names you guys. And uh, usually it happens when the baby's about two weeks old where they're sure it's going to live for a while, you know. Um, and then something that you see or whatever is how you get your name. Dooth probably means something in your language. So does Gagalk. But so well, I think I know what doof means. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the same. Well, is there anything more you'd like to discuss with the Plungar? No, uh, but it did sound like it was getting on towards a dinner time. Uh, so I oh, think yeah. we should probably plan to head south in the morning. Yes, yes, I, I agree. That's the best plan. Get yourself fortified. And he gives you medicine bags. You look inside, and there's uh, there's uh, dried herbs wrapped in packets. If you must make this into a tea, and it will heal you of injury. Do we know how to make tea? I'm sure we simply can at least do that. We'll boil water, and then you will put these herbs in the water. And after they have steeped, you will drink it. But wait until the water is no longer boiling before you drink it, says the Plungar. Might we borrow some of these fancy hard earth pots? You shall be given one as a gift from my hearth. Thank you. Hands it to you. It, uh, it's in like a little uh, net bag almost made from sinew to where uh, you can sling it over your shoulder and it's in a little netted bag for easy carrying. They could be awkward to carry. 
Perhaps someday you can teach us how to create these fancy pots. <clears throat> it is a secret that was taught by the sky people to my people. But perhaps, perhaps. I speak to the sky people regularly, says the Plungar. Well, excuse me while I kiss this sky people. They know a great many secrets. So I'll assume you guys, uh, you eat well that night. You uh, temporarily say goodbye to your friends the next morning and head off into the south. Uh, none of them want to go with you, as friendly as they are to you. And again, they talk about this taboo they have. The sky people told the Plungar they're not to use the sky metal. It's not good for the real, for the flat-faced people. And uh, who knows what kind of obscure reasons they could have for that. But that's just more for you. And traveling out of the hill country into the south, by now it feels hot to you. You come from an, a northern climate, you're usually even further north than you, you know, uh, it, it used to be colder. You remember the grandfather talked about the, the winters getting shorter. That's one of the reasons why these flat faced people are coming up here. But now it's, it's actually hot and, uh, you perspire a bit when you walk, but you do, you travel for, uh, all day long and Again, the land is sloping downwards, and then in the distance, you see more water than you've ever seen. And you realize that there's a sea in the distance. It's it's many, many, you know, long way away still. But uh, you've never seen it before. It's breathtaking. It's huge, even from this distance. You might that even, is a lot of water. Yeah, you probably think of it as like a, a gigantic lake. But you also remember hearing about a hot lake. That uh, it's where the the flat-faced people live, and you can see even in the distance like a, some smoldering fires. At first, you think they're campfires; they're giving off a little smoke. But then you wonder if it's not even after all this time the residue of the falling star. You're forced to make camp one night, but you travel all the next day. Luckily, that first night you know passes without incident. At the end of the second day, though. There's a forest, and you come out of it, there's a valley below you. And there are a big, big chunk of what must be sky metal. And you can see it clearly because there's this huge scar across the valley, like it's just torn up the earth. And it's lying at the end of it. But you can see even from this distance, it's still pretty far away. There are men around this chunk of sky metal. It's big. It's about the size of like a Volkswagen, okay? <laughs> and it's just in the earth, but it's smoldering. And you can see there's other ones too, probably, because you saw multiple, you know, smoke signals. But these men are standing right around it. You can't really see what they're doing or how big they are, but there's definitely people there. And there's some tall grasses. You could try to sneak closer, get a better look. Maybe you could, you know, obviously you can't take this whole thing. Maybe you can get part of it. Yes, let us uh, creep forward and see what uh, we can see. Okay, well, are either of you stealthy? No. No? <clears throat> okay. Probably the opposite. Not being particularly stealthy, you must make a stealth roll at its default, which is your dexterity minus five. 
Although I will say it's one of the things I like about Carps is the opportunity to do these skilled things anyway. I got on mine. Oh, that's great. And uh, Gagalk will roll the 13, which is uh, over 9, which is what he needed. <laughs> oh, well. You guys get within about 30 yards. And you can see these guys. Now, they're big. They're big. They're at least a head taller than uh, the flat-faced people that you've known. But their faces look like flat-faced people. They're also painted up, but they're painted white. They're all white. And they have little black top knots on the top of their head. But they're painted like with white mud. It's all cracked, too. Uh, the mud's like dried and cracked and gives them a, a fearsome appearance. And they have sticks in their noses. And you can quite clearly see that they're chipping off pieces. Like they're flint napping almost the, the sky metal. They're harvesting it. And there are three of them. One of them is much bigger than the other two. He's carrying this large club that looks like it's actually got bits of sky metal embedded in it. It's a huge club. The other two are just armed with spears. They're not talking much. They don't seem cheerful and happy like the clan, the flat-faced people you were just with. But the the tall grasses rustle and Gagalk accidentally makes some noise. And all of them turn around and, <gasps> and they look over in your direction. They can't see anything. You're still in the tall grass. But now they're, they're alert. Of course, there's lots of little animals out there. No reason for them to be overly suspicious. But one of them. I'm going to make the sound of a screech owl. Oh, okay, great. I was going to suggest that, so that's perfect. <laughs> well, you do. And they all look at each other because it's not something they hear often in the daytime. But I think it's probably enough to convince them maybe it's not a person. Yeah, that was my intent, yeah. but I didn't think about the time of the day. Yeah, well, you know, in these panicky situations, it's hard to tell what to do. But the smartest one of them, I'm going to give uh, an IQ roll. And the smartest one has an IQ of nine. So maybe you'll get lucky. Okay. Yeah, That not only is that a failure, that's a 17, which is a critical failure. And so they go, ah, they, one of them shrugs, and the other two shrug, and they go back to what they're doing. I'm going to make the sound of a screech owl uh, snoring. <laughs> just woke up for a minute. Now it's going back to sleep. Yeah, because they always just lay around in tall grass. That's where screech owls is their natural habitat. Anyway, though, you fooled them for now, and you can see them again. You know, they're about 30 yards away, which is, in combat terms, I would translate into about five turns of moving towards them. Um but I'll let you make a plan here because and you can see they've already got chips of it they've got baskets full of the stuff I mean even one basket of it would be far more than the grandfather ever expected you to come back with well Doof perhaps we should wait here for them to finish and leave hmm we could uh I have um, things to trade. Do you think these are friendly people that would trade metal for skins? I don't know, but they outnumber us and are larger. So if they are not friendly, 
it would be a mistake to let them know where you're even here, I think. Perhaps someone could distract them and another one could steal a basket of metal. Okay, that is a good plan. I will attempt to distract them. I wanted to distract. Oh, okay. Well, then you can, you're welcome to distract them. I just was going to come up with a silly distraction plan, but you're welcome to come up with a silly distraction plan instead. Yeah, you're probably not used to this newer, wiser doof anyway, and your gut reaction is still to not let him do important things. But Well, he might regret that, though, because he's wiser. He's not necessarily smarter. So he his idea was to... Uh, Make the sound of another animal, one which he doesn't actually know. <laughs> so, like, I will, I will make the sound of. Wait, 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 yes. wait. Whatever you do, whatever distraction you are going to do, can you sneak around to the other side? If there is tall grass on the other side, actually, I didn't even think know yeah. if that was the case, but there is, there is. In fact, now that you're looking around in more detail, and I should have pointed this out earlier than I thought about saying when you said let's wait for them to leave. There's signs that they've been here a while. You know, they've got a campfire, smoldering, there's bedrolls, things like that. Empty bed, like they might be here for a while. They're going to get as much of this thing as they can. Waiting them out might not be realistic. So I like your current plan. But yeah, there's tall grass all around. Yes, I think you should go to the other side opposite where we are now so as not to reveal both of our locations at once. In case they attempt to attack you, I can perhaps surprise them from over here. Okay, whatever you say, I will do that. Okay, well, a little closer now. You have to be nice and stealthy. So, Doof, as you crawl off around to the opposite side, go ahead. Well, before I go, I want to say that the sound of a... Uh, Hawk I will Then you will Once they hear that Then you run in Okay Okay so go ahead and make a Stealth roll that will default to your Dex minus 5 A lot depends on Roll Uh, no. <laughs> it's a no. Well, you get about halfway around, and uh, you're a ooh ooh, and uh, ooh and one of them comes rushing up towards Shit. you. They've noticed, and uh, he's gonna make the sound of a huck. Ribbit. Basically, he Ribbit. saw you. He just saw you through the tall grass. He saw you. You made a noise, and he saw you. It's not that great big dude. The only one that you might even call a giant, actually with the huge club. He doesn't run up, but one of the guys with the spear comes rushing up towards you. And uh, I- I'm afraid we just probably need to lapse into uh, combat at this point. Although they still do not know about Gagalk. I'll point that out. Now, this guy, I do not believe he's faster than you. His move is actually five. I think he's a little slower. So you can do some something. You can act first once you see him start in your direction. Uh, doof. I will probably run <clears throat> uh, further away 
from Gagok. Okay, okay. You, that's good. You move. You, you lure him out. You run about six yards further, you know, in the direction. He he follows along. Um, in fact, he doesn't follow along. He takes one step forward and hurls his spear at you. And he's going to make his spear throwing roll on. He gets a 14, though, and that's not going to do it for him. The spear flies past you. And if uh, you want to do anything, Gagok, let me know. The other two, one of them laughs at him. And then the other one with the spear, he throws it at you, too, although he was not as close to you. Throws it past his friend, and uh, it's a 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. And, well, I hate to say it, neither one of those guys hit you. Actually, I don't hate to say it. I don't want you to get hit. They're not particularly skilled. Um, and now I think we'll just... Uh, he's making... He, he's continuing to run and, and making animal noises. Okay. They look back and forth at each other a little bit perplexed, but... Uh, if we're at the top of a round here, Gagalk, you have an option to do something here if you would like. What are the two guys who are not chasing Doof doing? They're still standing there, but they wouldn't have had a chance to go anywhere yet. You could take the wait maneuver. Um, well, I'm just going to... I am going to wait. I'm going to keep an eye on them and see if, like, they maybe drop a basket and run to pursue Doof or whatever they're going to do because if I if I have an opportunity basically what it comes down to is if Gagok has an opportunity to possibly like sneak in or rush in and snag a basket and run out <laughs> it's what he's going to do well that sounds like the best plan I will say that slowly creeping forward might be a good idea because you're still 30 yards away if you were just going to move normally in Garp's terms it'd take you five turns to get there Given the, the distraction, the ongoing distraction, and Doof yelling and making uh, animal noises, I think, I think it is a good time to creep closer, I guess. Yes, and I'm going to give a plus four to the stealth roll because of the distraction, leaving you only at a dex minus one. Which makes it 13, and I rolled a 12. That's Ooh. great. That's great. That's great. And so, you, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're only, what, like 24 yards away now. <laughs> And uh, you got four more turns of moving slowly towards them. Of course, these these GURPS turns are just one second, you know. Um, you can act next, Doof. Are you still running? Mm. Bah, bah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a chipmunk. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's still running. Okay. The, the one who had been chasing you moves six yards back to where they're betting and things are and picks up another spear. Uh, the other one is already there and uh, he picks up a spear. That's all he could do. And uh, and the big guy just continues to look around suspiciously everywhere else. He doesn't see you gag out, but you can tell that the big guy might be smart enough to realize, wait a minute, is there any other, is there anyone else around? And you, from your hiding place you can see him glaring around. And uh, what are you doing now, Doof? Um, he's running, but he might try to like lead, uh, maybe change direction, not go back where I came from, but go off to the side now. Tear off at a right angle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, on their turns, which are right after you, they're both standing still, and they both hurl their spears. No oh, crap. This one's going to uh, hit you unless you can dodge it. And that was just the first one. I'm going to go roll for the second one, too. As crappy as they both rolled before, now this guy, does, well, that's not a critical, but it's they're both going to hit you. You can dodge one of them. Okay. Oh, yeah, I did dodge. Oh, nice. Hopefully not into the second one. Well, you did dodge one, and that's great. The other one does hit you and uh, does three points of damage, 1d minus one, but that is impaling damage. So how much of that do you soak? Just one? Uh, I, I have a two. Oh, yeah, uh, right, because you have the toughness advantage. So only one point gets through, but then that's tripled. I'm sorry, doubled. Double. For two points. Yep. Yep. All right. And of course, your next attack or any any IQ or Dex roll or any skills based on those, not just an attack, will be at a minus two for the next round only. And that's what they do. The giant is uh, still looking, but he has nothing to look at. So I'm not get let him. He's not going to make a roll and see you or anything. But he's on the lookout. And uh, what do you you want to continue to sneak forward? Yep. Okay. And now. I, I feel like I should still give a little bit of a bonus because those guys are making noise. But instead of the dex minus one that it was last time, let's make it a dex minus two. You should get closer. As long as right, I need a 12, and I rolled a 10. Oh, that's great. So you're even closer now. You're closer. And you're only about you know, 18 yards or so from him. He's not even always looking exactly in your direction. But... Meanwhile, Doof, are you still running around, or do you want to try to fight these guys back? Or do you want to, like, throw in, throw your spear at them? How many are or, chasing me? you still got rocks, too, that you can throw. There were just two, and, and they're not even chasing you. You haven't got... You You were, like, uh, about 12 yards away from them at this point. Well, yeah, and they've just hurled spears at you, but look, they look like they've got a whole pile of spears over by their bedding. That's why they were standing there, just so they could pick up more spears. Yeah, um... I will stop for a minute to, uh... use the, uh... newly acquired, uh... Spear chucking ability. Okay, so all you can do on this turn is ready it. You get it in and sling it back, and on your next turn you'll be able to, to do it. And on their turns, they both pick up spears. They both ready spears. So you guys just all spend a second um, getting spears. The giant is still waiting. And I assume that uh, you will continue to creep forward, Gagalk. And as you may imagine, this time the decks. Actually, if, if they pick up spears and he sees Doof. Uh, you know, readying his. Oh, he's he's going to ready one as well. Because okay. he's clearly, it's come down to this. You know? It has. It's come down to this. It's come down to this. And uh, yeah, so you ready a weapon, and and basically to do that properly, now the giant's gonna, you know, you have to big. You're talking about your spear thrower, right? Yeah. Yeah, the way you've got to lift it up behind and everything, he'd be able to see that, and he's like, oh, his eyes go wide. <laughs> He, they don't even speak the same language as those other real people, as other flat-faced people. Uh, but you read yours, and then that's what you did on this turn. And then, uh, Doof, you may throw. Okay. 
Okay. Of course, there's two targets. You can only hit one of them. But go ahead and make your spear throwing. You're, you have that skill at your decks. Okay. And I do hit. Well, that's good. And whatever your damage is, add a plus one to it for the leverage of the spear thrower. Okay. It actually extends its range as well. Ooh. That's eight. Oh, my. And that's a impaling damage, too. And, uh, well, he, with his damage resistance, he takes nine of it. I mean, I'm sorry, he takes seven of it. But that's impaling yep. damage. And... So, 14? 14, which, uh... It's not... It's not... It's not, it's not so much that it goes all the way through him, but yeah, he's he's dying and will be dead unless somebody helps him. And it's a terrible wound. He might as well be out of it. He screams, clutches his uh, stomach where the spears hit him, and he falls to the ground, screaming and kicking. And uh, i got to make a health roll for him or he's going to fall unconscious, which he does. And he'll probably just bleed to death. And uh, it's important for us to remember too. I forget this sometimes. You're not down. You're not necessarily down at zero. You could keep making health rolls and you know stay up and keep fighting. Uh, this does count negative health. Anyway, so that's an effective turn. You knocked out one of them. That one, his friend though, and he hurls his spear back at you. He's not using a spear thrower. He's got an 11, 12, 13, 14 though. It's not going to hit you. And. Uh, Meanwhile, the giant begins moving in your direction. He moves six yards in your direction, uh, Gagal. So you guys are now 12 yards away from each other when his turn ends. And then it's top of the round with your turn, Gagal. Well, uh, I'm gonna... Uh, what's the skill that I have at the... the... Okay. You got spear throwing at your decks. As it, you just got enough points to get it at your decks. Gotcha. Okay. Well, fortunately, my dex is good. Yes, it is. Standing up fully and hurling it. You can go, uh, from kneeling, go from kneeling to standing and attacking. That'll be a 10. So that will. Oh, yes. Now I'm going to give the big guy that he's got a dodge of six and he just rolled a six, seven, eight, nine. So, no, he will not dodge it. Right on, and uh, is the damage the same? Just plus one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So plus one for the leverage. That's gonna be five. Okay. Four. Four. Sorry, four. Four. Okay. Well, he also has the same advantage that uh, Doof does of toughness. So he soaks two of it, but two get through. That's doubled. So he takes four. The giant does. He says, and uh, he rips the thing out of him and uh, throws it on the ground. Well, no, he doesn't do that, but he's hurt. Not terribly hurt, but he's hurt. And Doof, what are you doing? Um, I will throw another spear back at the guy that's still up. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. Do you have another spear? Oh, well, I guess not. Uh, I will throw a rock. You can ready a rock. Okay, so you grab, you ready a rock. You reach in your patch and ready a rock. Okay. Yeah, that's the advantage these guys have over you, is they're standing there with, you know, about half a dozen spears. Well, the one guy is. 
and you uh, ready a rock, he readies a spear. And the giant moves six more yards, so he's now six yards away from uh, Gagalk, and it's Gagalk's turn. Oh boy, let's see. Um, I does not really want to get. Well, I don't really see an option. Um, you do feel that you're faster than him. Well, I'm going to. Uh, how how far away is he? He's only six yards away now. All right. Well, um. But if you were to jut off at a right angle or something, and you know, try to get around him, it's not impossible. Yeah, I'm gonna. I mean, he's only got this big giant club, right? Yeah, you get the feeling you do not want to get hit with it, though. It looks like it probably does in excess of two dice crushing damage. But he hasn't been throwing spears or anything. No, he doesn't yeah. have any. Yeah, he's not close to one now. Um, I'm just gonna run off to my right, away from him, and 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 and, and forwards vaguely in the direction of where Doof is and this other guy. Yeah, you can veer off to the right. Now, you can move. I've been saying he's moving six rounds. His move's actually five. He's slower than you. And uh, so if it came to a flat-out chase, and as long as you guys were both not tired or fatigued, you would definitely get around him. So you run off to the right, and uh, in about two turns, you could now be over to where they've got the sky metal in their baskets. And he's... (laughs) Uh, frustrated as you you rush around him when he's hoping to charge in and smash you with his club, and Doof, you gonna hurl that rock? Yes. All right. And I do hit. He cannot dodge that rock. I mean, he tried. Okay. I think I forgot to let the giant dodge last time, but that's okay. He can take it. No, I didn't. He failed to dodge. That would be seven. Okay. And you hit him for seven, and that's crushing damage. He's going to take uh, six of that. That's more than half his health. And he falls down. He's not knocked out or anything, but when you take more than half your health, you know, and uh, can knock you down. And he falls to the ground, so he's prone right now, that other one, that other spearman. And then we move on to the giant, who turns and moves five yards towards you. But now he's about a yard away from you, you know, but he's still... It's a a desperate chase at this point. But you feel like you've got the edge on him, Gagalk, and it's your turn. I assume you just keep moving, running towards the... Yeah, and uh, are any of these baskets of sky metal like sitting on the ground? Could I like grab one on my way by? Once you get there, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. then I'm gonna continue moving. Yeah, you guys might be able to just run away from this fight with the sky metal. You know, uh, one of them's already dead, so we'll see how badly they want to stop you from taking one basket. But I think that's the best plan. And yeah, so I assume you run again. You're about six yards away from the basket, Sky Metal, at the end of your move, the closest one. All right. And uh, the other guy, he's still you, you've outdistanced him for now, but you know he'll keep getting close. You know he'll he'll come after you again on his next turn. But it's now Doof's turn. You want to ready another rock? No, you don't really need to. In fact, you could run up to him. 
guys laying on the ground. I will, yeah, I will run up to him. Okay, you're standing uh, over him at the end of your turn. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, I've seen you move, and you got and Gagalk. If you keep moving towards the sky metal, you got it. Well, you've reached it at the end of your turn. And uh, I just realized you're gonna have to take an action to pick it up, though. Yep. Which will uh, give him a chance to ready his weapon, perhaps. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it will. And uh, you grab it, you turn around, and he's he's looking like he's gonna have to on his turn. Um, meanwhile, Doof, the other guy, he's laying there, shocked, staring up at you still, because uh, he was stunned. What do you do? I think I'm gonna just take this rock and make him a f- flat face. <laughs> yeah. Well, he is already a flat face, but he's now gonna have a really flat face. Or maybe, oh, okay. Maybe even a concave flat faced. Uh, well, yeah, he, these are like the same breed as the flat faced people. They're just big, they're a different tribe. And uh, yeah, he's, he's at a plus four to hit. All right. So it's not really throwing. No. Um, um, no, but go ahead and use that. Okay. I guess I could throw it. Yeah, I mean, you could just smack, hurl it right from above its right. face. Uh, that, that'll hit. Okay. Yeah, you uh, hit him. And go ahead and roll your damage. He can't dodge because he's... Laying this stunned. Uh, that's only three damage. Okay. Well, he'll take one of that, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and. Okay. Now it's crushing, so it doesn't do any multiplier or whatever. But in the next uh, instance, the giant readies his club, pulls it up over his head, and screams at the top of his lungs. And. Again, that second might have saved you, uh, Gagal, because it's now your turn. And I'm going to run the fuck away. Yes, yes, yes. And just for comedy's sake, he goes ahead and brings it down, <laughs> screams in rage. And then, uh, glancing after you for a second, the giant turns and looks over at, uh, Doof. Uh-oh. And, uh... Doof, the other guy, he's not trying to fight you back anymore. <laughs> this guy's on the ground in front of you. He's holding his face and crying and rolling around. And uh, what do you do? Uh, and, of now, course you see, the, and of course you can see Gagog running off with a basket of sky metal. Are these baskets... So one person can carry one basket then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I will probably try to go for another basket. Okay, well, it's very brave of you because it will require closing in to where the giant is. And uh, so you go ahead and move towards the campfire. And now you're stopped. The giant's standing right there. It's too bad I comically made his uh, thing go down. Otherwise, he would still be standing there with it readied. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I get for narration. But uh, you got to. When you get there. Well, it's his turn again, so he'll ready his weapon again. And now it's your turn again, and you can pick up the basket in that mm-hmm. second. And then I'm assuming Gagalk's still running, by the way. Yes. Yes. And then in, then he will get that one swipe at you, Doof, 
as the huge club, which is again embedded with bits of sky metal in it, comes swinging down. He's got an 11, 12. His skill is 12. Shit. You need to dodge this, by the way. Doof. You want to dodge this. You don't really have a weapon that can parry it. Not that you're holding. Parry it with your head. Yeah. I got on my dodge. Oh, that's that's great. That's great. It's great. You dodge out of the way. Roll out of the way. Do you want to run off after your friend? Yes. Okay. Now you've both got a basket of little chunks and shards of sky metal, which again really doesn't look like metal. It looks like black rock, you know. And the big guy chases after you guys for a little bit when he realizes, and in fact, frankly, you guys would both be encumbered, mm-hmm. and your move would be a little slower. I mean, we're carrying baskets of meteoric iron. That's right. So <laughs> so it's not necessarily a foregone conclusion that you could outrun him, but after he runs a few steps and you look back over your shoulder, he turns around, he looks at his two friends, he looks at all the sky metal he still has, which is still tons of it. And uh, Literally tons. <laughs> yeah, screams. He screams at you one last defiant scream and then his shoulders slump and defeat. And he turns back to administer aid to his uh, his friends. And uh, we won't go on with a huge amount of actual play here. You get back to the the lake village of the flat-faced people and you have one final you know, one final night and feast and goodbyes with them. They don't want to see or touch. They won't even look at the uh, the sky metal though. Whatever taboo they've got against it, they don't they don't even want to look at it. You know, you cover the baskets with leather, you know, to be polite. And uh, you're given many gifts of skins, fine skins, and pigments that you can continue to paint yourself with. And of course, they put the baby in a little papoose and put it on uh, Gagalk's back. The little little baby boy, real people, and uh, with uh. You know, many uh, declarations of undying friendship. You are sent back off to your people, and you travel for many days. And there are incidents, but we don't get into every little incident. You don't seek out trouble because you've got this little baby with you. The baby has his own set of issues he's got to deal with. You know, you've got to chew most of your food, most of his food for him, and you know, then put it in his mouth and and uh, like a bird. Yeah, like a bird, and. Uh, well, we don't vomit into his, his mouth. No, no. I feel like Norman Reedus in Death Stranding. Yes, yes. But you do. You make it back across, uh, in back into the Northlands, back into the Pine Country, and soon you know you're back in your home country, and you can hear the sound of the waterfall of your, your home hearth, your home cave. And uh, the lookouts, of course, spot you earlier, and they're yelling, Go, go, can doof! Gagal can doof return. Gagal can doof have returned, and you can hear the shouting and echoing out. And by the time you get to your home, and you guys don't have these like houses or whatever, everybody sleeps in the cave. But you remember you got the big bonfire out in front of the cave, and there's the overhang and a waterfall, and it is good to be home. And all the people are shocked; they can't believe that you're carrying as much sky metal as you're carrying. But they're they're. Everybody immediately is ooing and eyeing over the baby. 
the grandfather comes out to you and he looks at the baby just this is a great portent this is a message from the sky father and your mother doof gaga i i am doof you are doof i was wrong about you i thought that you were worthless members of the clan i see now you are the clan's greatest heroes and Nolar scowls in anger as Nolar's wife rushes over and throws her arms around Gagal. And, uh, and it is now time for the baby's naming ceremony, says the grandfather. What shall we name the baby? Is it a boy or a girl? It's a, it's a boy baby. And you, you will have seen signs on your journey. What shall his name be? You who have brought such wealth to the clan. You who will be honored warriors in this clan forevermore. Now, I don't want you, Sean, to tell us the name of the uh, guys whose name we can never remember. Because I thought that would be a good name. You could do but, it, uh, but yeah, you should name it what you remember maybe it was. Yeah. Baba Ganoush. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, uh, I know, I thought it's, uh, yeah, I was like, Hypergabadops. Hyperabad. Hyperdabbers. Flap. Flapadabbers. Dip dog. Ding dong. Well. <laughs> we could just name it Plungar. Hey, there you go. There you go. Yeah. If it was a girl, I was going to suggest Sky. No, yeah, that would be cute. That's boys. Then the grandfather says, Then the child shall be called Plungar. And Nolar, you must move out of your hearth in the back of the cave and give up your spot to Gagalk and Doof. And now we must find Doof, a mate. And uh, many, many hands go up. Many, many hands go up of many young women. And that's just where we'll we'll stop our adventures in the Ice Age with this happy ending. I'm kind of half inspired to write like a little jingle about Gagalk and Doof. Gagalk and Doof. As if it was like a Saturday morning cartoon. You know? Totally, totally. It would be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what, what, like Hanna Barbera, like a. Mm-hmm. Of cartoon, yeah, totally. <laughs> One is a dummy and the other is a loof. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. And then don't forget the baby. You know the the baby character. Yeah. All bam bam type. It'd be like a bridge descends to a minor. You know, and the young child something. Yeah. Little baby plungar. Little baby plungar. <laughs> Go to a man. I don't know. Don't you cry when you're hungry. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I think that I think that's about enough for Okay, so do we want to say what we're doing next time or are we gonna leave it for a surprise? Every time we say it we do something change our minds, yeah, so we won't say it. So we'll just keep that to ourselves and let you be surprised. Yeah, we'll see you in a couple weeks, folks. Thanks for listening.